0: Welcome to episode 65 of A.A. Beyond Belief, the podcast. I'm your host, John S. Today we'll be speaking with Garth R. from Johannesburg, South Africa. Garth recently started a new secular AA meeting in Johannesburg, and we'll talk a little bit about that and the challenges he faced as he started the meeting. So uh, here we go, folks. Another episode on the way. Hello, I'm speaking with Garth R. from Johannesburg, South Africa. How are you doing, Garth?
1: Hi, John. I'm, I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic. It's a nice day here in Kansas City. Uh, a little bit of rain falling, and uh, it's
1: cooled things down, which is kind of nice.
0: And uh, looking forward to chatting with you a little bit.
1: Okay, yeah, excellent. Thanks, thanks for asking me to do this.
0: Well, I um, was interested in talking to you uh, because, um, oh, I saw you post something about starting your group in South Africa, and I thought, well, this is this would be interesting to hear about you know, what it's like, um, starting a group and over there. Um, so I thought maybe you might want to share a little bit about your experience in AA, what led you to get into the program and, and then eventually start your group.
1: Yeah, well, it's, uh, my story is a pretty stock standard, um, AA story, I, I guess. I mean, uh, you know, I started drinking when I was, uh, when I was a teenager and, uh, you know, I, I I drank because it helped me relax and it, it helped me fit in and, and whatnot it's it's pretty much a classical story and uh, I drank for about 10 years and um, I experienced the slow progression of the of the alcoholic condition um, you know it started off really great and then it was not so great and, and near the end it was just, just really not great all of the time so eventually I got to a point where um, a lot of really unhealthy things were in ha- were happening to me. You know, there's the destruction of all my relationships, and uh, you know, I change jobs quite a bit. And and uh, you know, basically, I get to that point of, of pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization that an alcoholic gets to, where there's no friendly direction to go, and uh, the drinking's not working, nothing's working anymore. So, so I I figured I needed to do something about this drinking thing. And, um, I didn't really know Alcoholics Anonymous was in South Africa, um, uh, mm-hmm. because they, I, I didn't see any promotional material or anything like that, but, but I knew one guy who was going to AA and I figured, okay, well, I, I didn't really want to stop drinking. Actually, I mm-hmm. just, I was just so miserable at the end that I just wanted to do something different. And, uh, and this sounded like something different to do. And so I went to go speak to this guy and, uh, and uh, a few days later, I was in my first AA meeting, and, um, and I was quite lucky because the, the meeting that I went to, had had a lot of young people there, mm-hmm. and, and I kind of felt accepted and, and whatnot. And, and I kind of just I slid into AA quite, quite easily. Mm-hmm. Um, on the way to my first meeting, um, the guy who took me to the meeting said that, well, he kind of told me what to expect. Um, he said that I'm not going to like everybody in AA, that, I, you know, I just got to go to a few meetings and check it out and see if I like it. And, uh, he also mentioned, uh, that they talk about God a lot in okay. AA and, uh, that I, I shouldn't worry about it too much. Just, uh, just go to the meetings and, and, uh, we'll take care of the God stuff later. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my relationship with God up until that point was, uh, I don't know, it was, you know, I, I I had certain philosophical convictions as a child, you know, you, you pick things up from other people, uh, about Christianity and, and, uh, and prayer and whatnot. And, you know, if you're a good child and you do certain things, then, uh, you know, God will look after you and kind of, kind of stuff. And, um, and I bought into that as a child, but then I kind of veered away from it, became a little bit resentful towards this, uh, this God thing. Um, but then I figured, you know what? It really doesn't matter. I'm just gonna I'm gonna carry on with my life. I would I would describe myself as an agnostic, and I, yeah. I didn't really put my... But when I came to AA, they said, okay, well, there's this this faith thing, and uh, you need this faith thing if you want to get sober. So uh, I was pretty desperate at the time, so I bought into it, and I, uh, I I did struggle with it a little bit in the beginning because it was a very alien concept to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to to place reliance in in some sort of ethereal power that I uh, that I had left behind many many years ago. Right. Um, but I was but I was desperate, so I made it work. And uh, I actually I I actually bought into it in the state of desperation that I was. I bought into it quite heavily after a while. Sure. And I became uh, your militant, big book dumping, running <laughs> around preaching, find God or die, <laughs> and. Um, and and you know I, I kind of uh, overcorrected. I became uh, a little bit evangelical. <laughs>
0: that uh, so, sounds kind of familiar. How long were you doing that?
1: I did that. I, I'm ten years sober now. Well, uh-huh. almost ten years sober. And and I did that. Um, I was the militant thumper for for about four my first four or five years. Okay. And then uh, for about two years, I was kind of I don't know. I was. I, I, you know, things, things stopped making sense, you know, the, the, I started to struggle with with things like, uh, finding a sponsor and, uh, you know, some of the, some of the strange people that I'd met in the rooms. So for a couple Mm of years, I was kind of starting my own meetings and and hanging out at the fringes of AA. Okay. And then, um, I'd say about a year, about a year ago, uh, things flipped for me completely. Um, was basically, I was I was standing in my kitchen. I'd been questioning the whole the, the God thing for okay. a while, in particular, like, well, how, why did God single me out to get me sober when there's right. all this other stuff? I mean, <laughs> that that started to, to not quite make sense. I, yeah. I thought it was a little bit self self centered. You know, I'm the center of the universe. God's looking after me, but he's letting all these hundreds of thousands of people die. It just didn't it stopped making sense, and uh, I kind of believe that a person will only believe in something if it makes sense to them. And, and this just stopped mm. making sense. And, uh, you know, one day I was, I was kind of standing in my kitchen, I was making coffee or something, and I realized, damn, I, I'm an atheist. <laughs> um, so so that, that was a little bit of a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I'm connected to, there, there are no atheists here. Well, not at the time. Uh, okay. at, the, at the time of the realization, there were no atheists around here.
0: Okay. In so, AA, or, or is the culture in South Africa pretty religious?
1: I think the, the culture itself is quite religious. I, mm. I, did, I've never, I, I hadn't met any, uh, well, maybe that's not true, but it, it's not common to run into okay. these skeptics and atheists in this street. Yeah. It's just not okay. one of those. And then AA, of course, reflects that. Um, sure. So I had a little bit of a problem. Um, I'm an atheist in, in AA. So what do I do? I'm now cut off from my my physical fellowship right um which presented quite a big problem for me uh, in terms of isolation and and you know getting connected with people of like mind and yeah i just i wasn't finding the meetings very satisfactory Mm i would um i would go into a meeting with with like a problem, or I'd be discontented, and I just want to be in a, like a safe environment. But then all I hear is um, like theological stuff that right. doesn't make sense to me anymore.
0: Isn't it funny uh, how after you come to the realization that you're an atheist, how much more you pick up on the religious language in the meetings? That was kind of my experience.
1: Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, I've uh, I've had guys approach me and they're like, "So you started a secular meeting? What's the problem?" And <laughs> I'm like, "Well, there's a lot of religiosity. There's a lot of um, you know religious vocabulary that we use in the meetings. It's not really. It doesn't really make that much sense." And yeah. and the guys look at me like I'm I'm from out of space. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't quite make sense to them because they're in it. They don't notice it.
0: Right. And I actually had a conversation with someone. Um, I went back to my old home group just for a meeting for whatever reason. And I was talking to somebody there who's not really a strong believer. And I told him about starting our group. And he said, well, who goes to those meetings? I said, well, you know, people who might not go to AA otherwise because of it, their perception of it being religious. And also people who have... Um, been, uh, you know, offended or damaged by AA or you know, um, and not welcomed. And he said, Oh, I can't believe that would happen that someone would not be welcomed. I said, Well, it does happen, but he just couldn't see it because that's not his experience, I guess. So, yeah, anyway.
1: it's, it's uh, yeah, when when when, you, when you're when you surrounded by everybody that agrees with you, it's just uh, you know, I, I guess they develop kind of a blind spot, to it. yeah, but. Now that I have that, that other perception, I mean, I, it's it's very, very apparent to me. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there were times when I didn't want to go out to fellowship functions because I had serious problems, and, and uh, I knew that if I asked anybody for, for advice, the the kind of response that I would get back would be like, well, have you prayed about it? How is your relationship oh, yeah. with God? Kind of thing. So I didn't, I didn't So did that you kind
0: easy. of like think through the program, and and did you kind of, like from what I did, when I had that realization, okay, I'm an atheist, I kind of looked at the program and I kind of came up with my own way of looking at it, my own view of it. Did you do that? Or how or did that just – how did that take place? Like when you went to meetings, were you sharing differently than you were before?
1: Um yeah, there, there was. A, I had a little bit of an advantage in that, in that respect because um, part of the higher power concept that I developed when I came into AA was um, sort of a Taoist approach. Oh, Okay, and and the Taoist approach is, is um, like the natural order of things. Um, so it has a secular element to it. Um, so it was it was I had a little bit of a struggle adapting the program. Mm -hmm. Uh, to a new perspective Mm -hmm. but uh, i don't think it was as difficult as it could have been so i was very action orientated but i I always knew that it was um more well my perspective is that it's more about the actions you take than um the things that you believe
0: sure i do Uh, believe that too
1: yeah so if you're if you're doing stuff you're going to meet like i saw a lot of people praying themselves sober and they didn't stay sober but mm-hmm. i saw a lot of guys doing the footwork going to meetings doing the inventory making the amends and they were staying sober
0: yeah yeah that was that was ultimately my the conclusion i came to is i i kind of went through the big book and i was kind of i was looking at it crossing out all the god stuff and and what's left when you cross all that out is just the actions the things that we do and the um, sharing our experience with each other, helping each other, and I'm still kind of evolving on all of that. But so, how long? So um, did, did you go through a period of discomfort before you started your your um, group, and how long did it take yeah. you to kind of like get to that point where you were ready to start start a secular meeting?
1: Well. Um- I experienced uh, discomfort in two, two um, separate ways. Uh, the first was the, the kind of cognitive dissonance of, of mm. believing two different right. programs at the same time. Um, yeah. So that was a bit uncomfortable. I got through that in about, uh, say, about a month or two. Mm. And then uh, wh- while I was figuring that out, I was also worried about the, the isolation from the, from the fellowship because mm. I realized that there was a need to do something. Mm -hmm. so i tried to i tried to put out an ad for a um a secular meeting that would meet at my house Mm -hmm. but that didn't get too much traction but then i met another atheist in in recovery um she goes to a separate uh, a different fellowship okay uh but but she's very very involved in the fellowship and she she's still interacting with a lot of the people so and and we kind of got together and we realized the need for, for a meeting. So mm-hmm. when we tried to start it together, um, we had a lot more reach in the fellowship and we managed to get a hold of a lot more people. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were able to start the meeting successfully.
0: Good. How long ago was that?
1: Uh, that was about three or four months ago. Okay. It was uh, I think March.
0: So you had a kind of a core group of people that helped start it out then?
1: Yeah. Yeah, most of them come from um, another fellowship, but they mm-hmm. they also identify as alcoholics.
0: Okay. So, yeah, that was kind of interesting too. When when you were talking about um, on Facebook, um, you posted the uh, the flyer that you're putting out about the uh, about your meeting, and you said that you know it's open, it's an open meeting first of all, but you're you try to make it clear that you know. You welcome people that have drug problems in addition to alcohol problems or, you know, you, you, that's kind of the sense I got from that, which is perfectly fine. Is that kind of how the approach that you're taking is like, I don't care if you're addicted to alcohol or whatever, um, you're welcome at this meeting?
1: Yeah, because it's the only meeting of its kind in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to make it open. We wanted to make it inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the formats that we use in, in everything, it's, it's AA formats right. and we introduce ourselves as alcoholics and, uh, and yeah, we just, um, it's an open AA meeting sure and, uh, any, anyone is welcome to come through. Um, so we encourage, uh, addicts to come through as well, but I mean, you know, that they are very clear that it is an AA meeting and they identify yeah. as alcoholics. And uh, they have a desire to stop drinking. Well, you know, there's a
0: there's kind of like a kind of a weird thing going on in AA, in my opinion, with certain people taking it, taking the um, I don't know what it is, the primary purpose or singleness of purpose thing a little bit too far. And I actually had somebody out here kind of police me once. Um, she said, "Are you guys in a you guys an AA group?" I said, "Of course we are an AA group. Why why are you asking that?" Well, I hear that you have non alcoholics in your meetings. I said, "What are you talking about? Non alcoholics in our meetings?" And then she named the person. I said, "What?" Well, he's a drug addict. He in- introduces himself as an addict, but he also has a desire to stop drinking. I'm like, "Wait a second. The guy has a desire to stop drinking. That's all it takes, you know." And yeah. quite frankly, I have yet to meet a drug addict who didn't also understand that you know, didn't also have a desire to stop drinking, you know, so I don't really see the point. I don't see, I think that, I think they're taking it too far. And, and anyway, at, at this person's group, they, they almost had kind of like, um, an investigation of people, you know, if if they weren't, you know, saying the right things, you know, they, they, you know, it was this kind of getting ridiculous. So anyway, my, my opinion.
1: Yeah, there, there, there does seem to be a little bit of elitism um, happening in certain groups. Um, we had a big book meeting around here where there are duly addicted people that attend the meeting, mm-hmm. and they were given the pamphlet problems other than alcohol, kind of a, 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 way, a very, very subtle way of um, telling them that we know that they're different and they should go somewhere else oh. kind of a deal, uh, which is unfortunate.
0: Yeah, it It drives me crazy. Also, another thing about it is at meetings. um, It's not that often, at least from my experience here, that we talk about our use that much. You know, it's mostly most of the conversations that go on in the meeting are about the recovery side of it. Not a whole lot of, of, of whatever drug or, or, or drink we, we used. So, uh, I don't know. The whole thing kind of drives me crazy. But did they, did you have a problem with that that you had to overcome that or, or was it a non issue?
1: Uh, sorry. Could you, could you repeat that? So
0: did you, when you were doing this, cause you, you were wanting to have your, if I remember the situation right, you're just wanting to have your meeting listed and you had your, you had this pamphlet out there where you welcomed everybody in the recovery community. And I think that you had someone that, that, that had a problem with that. Did, was that a non issue or did you overcome that how how that play out
1: yeah the, there was um someone from my area office was a little bit um confused because they thought we were we were trying to start a dual addiction um okay. meeting um and then they claimed that that's well we couldn't do that um which of course is right because it's uh, a, a dual addiction meeting is a separate uh-huh. kind of fellowship but uh we since since he brought up that complaint, I mean, we, we verified that uh, the wording on our pamphlets and our promotion material was was in line with, we, I mean, we made it very clear that it's an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Right. Um, but still, they're hanging on to it, and and uh, it very much feels to me like they don't want to list our meeting, so they're looking for excuses not to list it. Yeah, that, uh, that might
0: very well be. That seems to be happening in different Every once in a while, some place will do that. They'll give the group a really hard time, but then they eventually give in and list them. But in, in the initial stages, it's, I don't know why they just kind of do try to find a reason not to, which isn't right, but.
1: No, not at all. Um, so what we did is we complained to GSO here. Um, oh. and, uh, they said that, because I said, look, they're, they're, they're blocking the, the listing of the meeting and, uh, we've got a complaint. Um, you know, I believe that it, it was a punitive action and that's, uh, they were out of line. Mm-hmm. And, uh, GSO said, well, they, they can't really intervene. It's more for, a, an issue with the board of trustees. Um, so they're taking the issue to conference. Oh. Which I think, I think is insane, uh, because we're, uh, other group gets discussed at conference. True. So, so that's, that's interesting. Uh, that's
0: so it's actually, they're going to, um, so I'm assuming this is like the General Service Conference for your um, for South Africa,
1: yeah. AA? that's it. Yeah. Okay,
0: and they're actually going to discuss your your group and whether or not it should be listed at at the at the conference.
1: Uh, yeah, um, and 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 what makes it very interesting is that uh, we haven't been approached uh, for our feedback.
0: Okay, yet. so hopefully you'll so. be able to rep- be represented there or, or represent yourself there.
1: Yeah, that's uh, where we're hoping for that.
0: Well, that's really interesting. And when does that take place?
1: Uh, that should happen in September.
0: Well, that's really interesting. I don't, you know, um, it kind of reminds me of a situation actually in Iceland um, when they were going to list that group. They were what was happening with them though. They were just kind of being stonewalled for a while. Um, they weren't really getting an answer, or they were getting promises that they would be listed, and then and then they never got listed. But eventually, um, they broke down and listed them, and I, I don't know what you know what the reasoning was behind that or not. But it was um, just, I, get, I think it's just ignorance. I think it's the people not really understanding what a secular AA meeting is.
1: Yeah, I can. I mean, I can definitely understand. Um, I can understand the resistance, and I can understand them um, not really wanting to dive into it. Yeah. Um. So um, I, I do find it. Uh, it's slightly bothersome, but uh, but I'm trying not to get resentful about it. No, because uh, I kind of expect
0: it. Yeah, and you can survive without that being listed anyway. Um, one thing I'd encourage you guys to do, if whenever if you can, if you haven't already, is to create a little website for your for your meeting, so that people can find you on the internet. But
1: yeah, we're uh, we're going ahead with that now. It should be up uh, quite soon. Actually. Good.
0: Good. That will help a lot. And actually, when when you have that, that's pretty much is what is what will um, help help people find your meeting more than anything else. Because um, actually, when people are looking for a secular AA meeting, they're going to do the internet search looking for either secular AA meeting, agnostic AA meeting, atheist AA meeting, something like that. And that's how they're going to find you. Because if if you even if you were listed on your group uh, on your um, central office or intergroup website or whatever it is. Um, it's not that easy for people to find you there. And a lot of people who already have the conception that Alcoholics Anonymous is religious and not for them, they aren't going to look there anyway. So that's, I think, going to be the best thing um, and for for you guys is, is to have that. I'm a big believer in that. That's what helped our group grow, I think, is our website. People find okay. it that way. Excellent. So anyway, um, talking about a secular AA meeting and the people who might not understand what it is, what is your meeting like you want to talk you want to describe your meeting the format um what you guys do
1: uh well basically um we have our meeting outside it's it's on a wednesday evening so it's it's dark when the meeting starts mm-hmm. and um, it's winter at the moment but we're still having the meeting outside and what we've done is we every wednesday is we build a large bonfire oh
0: nice.
1: and then um There's about a dozen of us that sit around this bonfire. Um, Sometimes we have guys in from the treatment center because a lot of them are still making up their mind about God. So they Mm -hmm. they enjoy the meeting as well. And um, we have a 15 minutes, 15 to 20 minute topic. And uh, the topic is obviously recovery-related. It's, mm-hmm. it's got to be relevant. And then when the speaker is finished, they select someone. And then that person tags the next person to speak for about three minutes. And, and it goes until everybody's done.
0: Well, that's not nice. So you have someone talk for like 15 or 20 minutes on whatever topic mm-hmm. they come up with, I guess. And, mm-hmm. then, and then you just go around and, and other people share based upon being chosen?
1: Yeah. That sounds That's nice, it. and yeah. sitting
0: by the fire too. That's really nice.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's quite a deep meeting actually, because it's because it's um, outside and it's dark and there's a fire and um, there's no um, evangelical kind of stuff there. Right. The guys are are sharing very intimate, very close, very practical um, experience, strength and hope. Yeah. So you know, everybody that goes there says that it's uh, it's an incredibly authentic meeting. Uh, there's no posturing and and pretending you're something that you're not or anything like that. It's it's yeah. it's very real.
0: That sounds nice. It, it, you know, that I I I I kind of sense that from um, our meetings too. Is, is that uh, there's there's some there's some kind of freedom that comes from getting getting the um, the dogmatic religious stuff out of the room, so that people can just talk about whatever they want to uh, and not and not have to feel like they have to use a, a specific vocabulary or sound, you know, please anybody with what they have to say. It's, yeah. it's been my experience anyway. So do you open like with the AA preamble? How do you open the meeting?
1: Yeah, we open with the AA preamble and then, um, we've got uh, a slightly adapted, um, preamble that we got from the, the secular AA website. Uh huh. Uh, which is that we're not for or against any kind of atheism or, right. or religion or anything like that. You know, we don't promote anything. We basically say that it's, this is a, a, a neutral space and because, believe, I mean, I believe. yeah, we, we had it in the beginning, uh, which was to be expected where guys are very like anti theist kind of, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they're getting it out of their system. They're, right. They've got a couple of resentments, um, but that's calming down quite a bit, and it's becoming Isn't more of a. is that funny safe
0: that no matter where you are in the world with a secular AA meeting, you always have that? You, we always have to go through that little bit of a phase.
1: <laughs> yeah, of people really having to, to get that, that out of their system. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but now, but now that's starting to tone down a little bit yeah. because uh, you know we're getting back on track. It's like we're here to to help people who are who are having a problem with uh, staying sober in in mainstream AA. And, and one of the, one of the things that I I did mention to one of the mainstream AA guys that was uh, asking me about the meeting is that, um, guys can come into our meeting, not believing in God. Right. And then they can find God there if they want. true, Because that it's supposed to be a neutral space. Right. And then, and then they can move out into mainstream AA if they want, Right. or vice versa. So the neutrality is important. Yeah. And how do you close the meeting? Uh, we close with a responsibility pledge. Okay. Which is, uh, I am responsible.
0: Okay. Our group yeah. just closes by saying the meeting's over. We actually, we were gonna, we were gonna do the responsibility statement but the group rejected it because they don't like having to recite. They don't like having, I guess they were afraid of having to recite it as a group or something. They just, they're very uh, standoffish about that kind of thing anyway. But that's, that's cool. I all like right. the responsibility statement. I think most groups close with that. So to me, that yeah. sounds like an AA meeting that
1: you're having. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> we, we talk about alcoholism and, uh, we all identify as alcoholics and, uh and yeah we, we observe the traditions I and mean, I've, I've started at quite a few AA meetings, well not quite a few but a yeah. couple of AA meetings, so I know yeah. what we can do in kind
0: Yeah so are you having people find you that have never been to AA or wouldn't go to AA otherwise
1: Um yeah we had three or three or four people uh, come to our meeting as their first meeting Mhm And, um, you know, they, they thought it was cool. They also went to a couple of other meetings, Mm -hmm. um, which are, we are still in the, in the early stages and we haven't, the only only way we've been promoting our meeting is, uh, through word of mouth and on Facebook. Right. Right. So with, with the website that, that should definitely improve.
0: Yes, it will. Yeah. You guys have, it seems like you have a pretty, uh, vibrant community. Um, just basically what I see on Facebook anyway. A number of you. And also, um, we have that online meeting on Sunday, too, that I've seen some of you guys at that, too. Okay. From South Africa. So. Yeah,
1: I haven't haven't done the online meeting yet. Um, I'm always busy on a weekend, but. uh, Yeah, I am, too. It's
0: hard for me to do it. Sometimes I'll go for a little bit and then I leave early, but it's kind of nice. It's interesting to meet people from different places, you know?
1: Yeah. One of the things that's been a huge help has been. the, the online community the the secular Facebook groups I mean, yeah that's if it wasn't for that I don't know I would have been completely isolated and not known what to do so that that was an incredible resource
0: I know that that oh. truly is amazing um, and it, it seems like it's growing daily you know and I have I've been noticing too more and more groups starting up outside of North America, which I find um, really encouraging and um, more in interest coming from groups outside of North America. Like um, somebody from Italy wrote us recently. That'd be cool to see a meeting start over there. So well, yeah. something's happening.
1: Yeah, it would be, uh, be great to to break that language barrier I and mean, get meetings in other languages as well. That, yeah. that, that would be really cool. You
0: know, I didn't ask you, how did you ever hear about um, these secular AA meetings anyway?
1: Um, it was just uh, from being involved in the Facebook community. Oh, okay. Because yeah, there's nothing like that here. There's nobody. Uh, I think I'm, I was the only one that was connected with secular AA, right. uh, to my knowledge. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was um, you know, it starts on the debate forums on Facebook. Uh-huh. Um, where people question everything and they argue about everything and then you kind of start picking up information like that and then uh-huh. you you kind of find out where to go isn't so, that
0: interesting and then you meet yeah. one person who says hey there's this group there's that yeah that's really interesting yeah I'm yeah, uh, it's, it's, fairly new to social networking I guess or social network yeah I'm fairly new to Facebook I, I mean for the last couple of years anyway for I guess not that new anymore been about four or five years I've been doing it now but I, I never really had much of a use for it until I kind of got involved with the um, people in the, the secular AA world. And then, and then that did kind of open up my um, horizons quite a bit. So I'm pretty interesting.
1: Cool. The cross pollination of ideas and the transfer of information has been quite important.
0: Yeah. Well, again, I appreciate you taking this time to chat um, about your group. I think it's fantastic. Um, and um, we'll be posting this on the site um, fairly soon. Um, I'm working out a schedule with Doris a little bit because we were kind of alternating um where I was reducing the number of podcasts I would post but I'm, I'm gonna get back to doing more of them so I, I'm, I should hopefully post this fairly soon. I'll let you know for sure when that when that happens but I'm really glad that you took the time to do this because I, I was really kind of curious about how things were going over there and it's it's really it's it's uh, it's uh, kind of a selfish reason it's it's kind of nice for me to um get a flavor for what's going on in different places and now i have this i have this picture of in my mind of your meeting gathered around a campfire under the night sky and i want to go that <laughs> just sounds absolutely perfect it's just like beautiful
1: all right yeah thanks a lot for having me and uh yeah it's, it's pretty cool thanks a lot. take care Carl.